Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. I'm going to talk today about the Christmas story, but I want to I want to say I want to say some things differently. And I want you to connect with what happened then and what's happening today. The people living in Israel at this particular time were expecting something to happen. There there was an expectancy all around them. Some of them that were a little more spiritual than others felt like they knew it had something to do perhaps with the coming of Messiah. Others weren't real sure what had happened, what, what was happening, but they knew something was happening. Now I want you to compare that to what's happening today. Jesus uh, said in Matthew 24, he said in the last days, a lot of things were going to happen. And quite frankly, let's be honest, a lot of the things that he declared that were going to happen were a little bit scary. There was going to be an onslaught in nature, uh, more hurricanes, more volcanoes. I read, I read an article not long ago that in Yellowstone National Park, that entire park is actually uh, a volcano. I don't know if you're aware of that. And it's over 450 square miles, one volcano. And it's about 60,000 years past due to erupt. And if it does erupt, it, it could very easily destroy a large part of this planet. Then we have, I don't know if you've noticed, but have you noticed how hurricanes are increasing? And they're not only increasing in numbers, they're increasing in power and onslaught and uh, just de- destroying things. And uh, those people live in Louisiana and some of those states, uh, my, uh, Nick Hager, uh, we talked to him, uh, they've, they've been flooded out twice in their, in their house just in the past year. And I don't mean just a little flood, I mean where the water's five feet deep inside their house. It's... Something is happening. How many of you can sense that? I can sense it. I know something's happening. Somebody the other day said, well, you sure talk a lot about uh, the end times. Yeah, I guess I do. Sometimes I feel like I'm called to do that. And the reason, perhaps, is because so many people today have placed it all on the back burner. They don't even want to think about it much less learn about it. How many of you know, though, that in the world today, there are literally millions of people who don't know him? Now, some of those people will be saved uh, for that very reason. You're only held accountable for what you know. But some of those people have heard the word, and they don't care. Those are the ones that are lost. I'm not too worried about the Indian tribes that live in the jungles of Brazil and South America and those places because they've never heard the name of Jesus. What happens to them when they die? They go straight to heaven, just like babies. Where do babies go when they die? Into the arms of Jesus. You know what? We have a good God, not a not an evil God. He's a good God. And it all started with the wonderful gift that God gave to you and me. I want you to look in chapter 1. 
verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. What does that mean? It means they love the Lord not only in their heart and their mind, but in their actions. They showed it. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. If you're really a Christian and you're not just a Christian in word only, everybody who comes around you and sees you should know that. How do they know it? Because they watch your actions. They watch how you treat other people. They watch how you give or how you don't give. People are watching you. You know, you are an open gospel. Every one of you are, are kind of like another chapter in God's Word. And your life is a testimony with the power that God has to take someone and change it. You know, I, I, I don't tell people a lot about my past life because it's ugly. Uh, I love I violence in some ways, and, and uh, I, I was just not a nice person. And uh, I didn't respect girls, ladies. I didn't respect them. I thought they were just there for my amusement. And I, I could tell you a lot of specifics, but I won't. The main thing I need to tell you is that God stepped out in front of me one day and said, you are going with me. I felt kind of like Paul later. Paul was killing Christians. And yet God had a plan for his life. And God knocked him off of his horse on the road to Damascus and said, Paul, why are you doing this to me? Why don't you just get up and follow me? He was struck blind there on the road. And he that had been killing Christians became one. God sent Matthias, another Christian who lived in Damascus, said, I want you to go to wherever Paul was, and I want you to pray for him that, that I might heal him. And, and, and Matthew said, I, I can't, I'm not going to do that. Everybody knows who he is. He kills Christians. I'm not going to. And God said, you will obey me. See, God had a plan. And you know what the truth is? You may not have ever murdered anybody like he did, but you've got some stuff in your life that's pretty ugly too, don't you? Think about it. And think how God, in the midst of what, whatever things you've done, he stepped out in front of you and he took your hand and said, you are going with me. I'm going to bless you. Yeah, but Lord, I'll have to give up all the things that, that I was doing that were fun. For, for everything that you give up, he'll give you a hundred things ten times better. Come on. This great God. And, you know, one of the reasons he does this, listen to me frankly, you got to understand this. You are the body of Christ. You are the temple of the Most High. That day you got on your knees down here or at home by your bed or wherever it was that you gave your life to the Lord, he took your life and he changed you in the blink of an eye. I was in my mother's living room it was, uh, I was home from college for the uh, Christmas vacation. They were all, my, my family was in there watching a football game, and I had a book, The Late Great Planet Earth. I, I, I had long hair, was doing drugs, selling drugs, and I, I, went, I got up and went into my mother's living room. I don't think anybody in there even saw me leave. And I was very emotional because I had just finished reading chapter 11 in that book, it's called The Ultimate Trip. It's the story of the rapture. I never saw that or heard of that in my life. Think about it. For the first time, I was sitting there reading God's word to me saying, I am coming back to the planet and every eye will see me. 
Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Oh, it was amazing. I was sitting there on the couch alone. Tears were flowing down my face. I'm glad it was dark in there. The curtains had been closed. I'm glad they were watching the game that nobody saw me or even looked for me. I took the book and I, I laid it upside down on the couch. And I said, Lord, such as I am, I give you my life. You know what he said to me? I will take you just like you are. Sins and all. I said, Lord, you can't mean that. You, you know everything. You know what I've done. He said, I'll take you just like you are. That was the beginning of a complete change for me. I was a school teacher, hated every minute of it, <laughs> little monsters. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'm sorry. They didn't like me either because I was very strict. Uh, the other teachers didn't like me because I was strict, and th they couldn't control, control their, their classroom. I remember one time uh, being a substitute at, uh, we, we used to call it Alta Vista. What the, it's a sixth grade academy, or is that what it is now? And uh, so they called me one morning, wanted me to, to fill in for somebody, and it was on the second floor, I remember that. And the principal, I, I had the doors open, and I mean it was like a tomb in there. You, you could have heard a feather hit the, hit the floor, that's how quiet it was. And, and so the, the principal walked by that door, and I didn't think much about it. He kind of glanced in there. He, a couple of minutes later, he, he went by the other door, and he kind of snuck in the door and he came back to the other door and over to my desk and said, what have you done? I said, what are you talking about? He said, I've never heard this class this quiet ever. There's a price though you have to pay for that. And it's kind of like when you're trying to lead somebody to the Lord, particularly in your own family. How many of you have done that and you, you realize what I'm talking about, the price my mother uh, one day told my sister, she said, I wish John would make friends with his religion. See, we, they weren't religious. Nobody in my family went to church. In all of the both sides of our family, there was one person who was truly saved, and that was my mother's mother, my sweet grandmother, Callie. Nobody respected her. I do now. And I know when I get there, uh, she's one of the first people I want to see because I know she prayed for me, and I want to thank her. How many of you have got a situation like that? You knew somebody in your family was praying for you. It's pretty special. We have been in trouble. They were in trouble with Romans taking over their country. At the, this point in history, already the Jewish people had been conquered by every other nation on the planet and sometimes more than once the romans didn't come in and kill a bunch of them you, you can't get a tax money out of a dead body so they didn't kill them they they just said we're going to receive a little tax money from you like all we can get out of you and uh, they resented it and they knew that in god's word there was spoken a truth of God going to send Messiah. That word means Savior. Who's going to come and, and save all of the Jews and, and cast the Romans out. And you know when Jesus showed up, that's exactly who they thought that was. Well, it was, but the method that he was going to use to get rid of the Romans was not exactly what they had in mind. They wanted uh, uh, this Messiah, whoever he was, to to stand up and form an army and get them trained real quick and then overwhelm the Romans and kill every one of them or, or at the very least throw them out of their country. Jesus loved them. You know, you can love some people into submission. Love is so powerful. Isn't it, and Linda? Y'all still in love? <laughs> yeah, they're so funny. Look at that back there holding hands and they're 
rubbing on each other's thumbs. I think it's don't stop. It's a sad thing. A lot of you know what I'm talking about. You get married and a year or so goes by and then you stop all that romantic stuff. Don't stop the romantic stuff. My wife's not here. An angel shows up and tells Zacharias that him and his wife are going to have a baby. The problem with that was She'd already been through menopause. She couldn't have children to begin with. Uh, even before menopause, she was barren. And Zen, I'm not going to read all this, but Zacharias is arguing with the angel. And he said, do you not know who I am? Because you're arguing with me, I'm going to just seal your mouth shut until it happens. And that's exactly what took place. Now, I want you to go over to verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent. You've got to understand who this Gabriel guy is. How many of you know there are angels and then there are angels? I mean, there are some angels and then there are some powerful archangels. There's not but a few of those. They're the ones that are in charge. They're in command of all the other legions of angels that God created for his purposes. This Gabriel is one of the most powerful creatures that God ever created. He's not somebody you want to just fool with. He, you don't want to doubt his word. You want to listen carefully what he's telling you, and you want to carry it out, because if you don't, you're going to be in bad trouble. Amen? And so the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And this virgin's name was Mary. And we're not sure exactly how old Mary was. She might have been, I don't think she'd been any older than 16. And she might have been 14. You have to remember in those days, everything was a little bit different. The average lifespan in the day of Jesus was about 40 years old. Now don't get me wrong, there were people who lived longer than that, obviously. Zacharias is one of them. But then there were a lot of people that didn't. You average all of that out, you'll find out that the average lifespan back then was about 40. Now today, uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, women generally outlive men. I know you nah. <laughs> you, you ladies uh, live, uh, what is it, mid, mid-80s. Uh, when I was a very young, uh, boy, just a boy really, uh, women were still in the lead. But uh, they didn't. They led, They probably lived up into their mid seventies. Now it's like mid eighties, and the men are a little bit farther behind them. You understand? Now, one of the reasons for all of these changes is because God's given us a brain. Uh, that's why I don't have a problem with medicine and hospitals. God uses those for His glory, and uh, you know that's the the, the antibiotics. Uh, the vaccines that we're waiting on and all of those things uh, are one of the reasons that our lifespans have increased. Now, this thing about Zacharias and his wife going to conceive a child is a flat-out miracle. I want you to get a hold of that. It's a miracle. Now, let's go back over to uh, verse 27. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, that thou art, uh, he said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. Now I want you to, I want you to just pause with me a minute. For, now listen, for thousands of years, Every Jewish woman, Lynn will know this, on the face of this earth, prayed every day that she would be the woman that an angel or God himself would speak those words over. You've been handpicked. You've been chosen, espoused to a man named Joseph. But then as time goes by, they begin to get the whole story. Joseph, you're important, but... Uh, the baby that Mary's going to conceive is not going to come out of your loins. The 
the father of this baby is going to be God himself. Let me explain why that had to happen that way. The Bible says all of these strange things. We're always trying to figure it out. It, for example, it says Jesus was fully man and fully... Now, it took me years to try to get a revelation of what, it, what that means. Jesus was fully God and fully man. What does that mean? Let me explain this to you. God is a judge, but he's not a plea bargainer. You have a problem, I have a problem. It's called sin. And, and it has to be dealt with, and it can't be under your circumstances. You, you can't just say, well, God, here's a million dollars. That should take care of my sin problem. No. Here's what God says. The only thing that'll take sin out of your life is blood. And it can't be the blood of a, a sheep. Now, they, you might wonder why they uh, went to the temple before Jesus was, was conceived and born and, and why they, uh, you know, cut the throat of a lamb and got the blood. And they, you know, it's because those were all forerunners, examples of what God was about to do. You see, the sacrifice for your sin, blood, it's not an animal. It had to be a man. That's why Jesus is called fully man, and that's why his mother is, was a human being. Fully man, Jesus was a human being. However, it's a little bit different from him, for him than it is you and me. We also have earthly fathers, but he had a heavenly God for his father. Amen? So that meant that, this is very powerful, that meant that Jesus was born with no sin. You might wonder where you got sin. You were born with it. You got it from your parents. Just like if your daddy had a big nose, more than likely you're going to have one too. Well, this, this boils down to, uh, to spiritual and, and problems of the soulish area. You were born with that sin. But because God was the father of Jesus, when Jesus was born, he was also God. Now, here's what that means. Because he was God and he was also a human being, and he was perfect, that made him the perfect candidate to die not, not just for one of you, but for all of you for all time. The catch, there's always a catch, isn't there? There's a catch, and the catch is you have to have an encounter with God. You do, you and him. It's a personal encounter. He comes to you. And he says, and it's called conviction, by the way, what are you going to do? Are you going to live your life like a heathen and expect that on Judgment Day, uh, I'm just going to usher you right into the gates of heaven and everybody will be happy? It doesn't work like that. You've got to have somebody step up and volunteer to take your place. Here's the way the Bible said it. He that knew no sin became sin. You, do you, you know, I was talking to Benny the other day about his son. We have a lot in common. I only have one child. He's a, a son. And I, I can only imagine what Benny's going through. We talked about it. And then I, and then I thought of God. When, when we had his funeral down at uh, Calvary, uh, and I sure appreciated their pastor. He, he's, he was giving us an opportunity to go to the microphone if we wanted to say something. You know me, I just jumped right up there. Because about a, a week before that, God had given me a vision, a reminder. You've all seen the Passion of the Christ. There's a scene in there where Jesus is hanging on the cross and suddenly the camera starts going up, 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 up. And it's way up in the sky, directly over the cross that Jesus is hanging on. And suddenly you, you look at the picture and it looks kind of strange. It looks like it's out of focus. And the longer you look at it, you begin to realize it's, it's water. It's something made out of water. And then suddenly it just, it's released and it begins to fall. I'm like, 
I had to see that movie two or three times before I really understood what that was. Now think about this a minute. God, God the Father, had one child, Jesus, an only child, and he was a son. Now, men, if you've got daughters, you love them equally, but most men that are honest will tell you there's something special about boy children for a man. And so there's Jesus down there. It's, it's starting to sprinkle a little bit. And you can see Jesus down there. You can see Romans on horseback, and, the, and, and there's thunder in the background, and the horses are getting nervous. And, and you know, they're, and suddenly this, this droplet of water is released. And it's almost like a magnifying glass. As it goes down, you can see the scene through that, island, that piece of water. And it goes, 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 and suddenly uh, the camera comes all the way back down to the foot of the cross, and here comes that drop. Wham! And it lands in a pool of water. And then you suddenly realize that was a tear out of the eye of God himself. What was he crying about? He was crying for his son. You see, your God is not a robot. He's not a mindless thing that has no feelings. He has a heart. Why did he, there's a lot of things we don't know. I'm not sure we'll ever know everything, but I know that he'll explain a lot of things to us when we get there. But there's a lot of things we don't know or understand about this great God. Well, why did he create the universe to begin with? But some people say, well, he was lonely. Well, where did he come from? We don't know. He didn't come from anywhere. In fact, if he did come from somewhere, he could not have been God. He didn't have a beginning and he will never have an end. He is eternal. He's infinite. And all those omni words, omnipresent, omniscient, all of those words that start with O-M-N-I, he is every one of those words. He's omnipowerful. He's omniscient. That means he knows everything. You know, you can't even thank something. He already, he already knows what you're about to think or what you're about to say. That's how powerful he is. The devil's powerful and evil, but he doesn't have that ability. He doesn't have the ability to know uh, much more than you and I know. He sees it with, with his eyes, but it's not like God sees. God sees everything, and he knows everything. You can't hide anything from God, by the way. You can get involved in sin and think, well, as long as I don't get caught, uh, I'll, I'll be okay. No. It's bigger than that. Now, I want you to think with me a minute. This is going to blow your mind. Did you know that because of the power that God has, he made a decision to love every single one of you, women and men, just in the same way that he loved his son. He has handpicked every single one of you. And whenever you're hurting, your husband hit you, ladies, or said something not nice or cheated on you, when you cry, he cries. And that droplet of water comes streaming out of the, out of the clouds. It lands at your feet. He loves every one of you just like that forever. Say, so, well, why does he do that? You have to ask him. You know, love is never love until it's freely given. Let's be honest. None of you in here deserve to be loved. But especially like that. But God is sure glad that you've chosen to join with him. You have no idea of what awaits you. I, I would encourage you to go down to Carol's bookstore and get, uh, she's got a bunch of books down there on near-death experiences that, written by Christians, you know, and they're just, it just is amazing. What do you mean? There's people that have died and gone to heaven and came back? There are. And, so, and most of the time the stories are almost identical. There's a release in the, uh, in the, in the s surgery room. 
and the person they're operating on is a Christian. And suddenly he feels a release and he's let go from his body and he, he drifts up to the ceiling of the surgery suite and he looks down and he can see his surgeon and all the nurses and they're frantic because something's wrong. Uh, they've lost you. And, and the, the, the doctor says, give, give me the two paddles and they shock you trying to bring you back. And in the meantime, you, you left. You're gone. And in almost every case, uh, these people find themselves in a dark tunnel, uh, but it's not scary. In fact, a lot of times there's an angel with them. And they look down that tunnel and they can see an amazingly bright light bringing hope to them. And they drift that way faster and faster and faster. And when they come out the other side, there's gates standing there and a bunch of people standing around, most of whom you know because they died before you did. And then you meet Jesus. You embrace. I was reading one last night, and the lady that died had just had a baby. And when she got to Jesus, he asked her, do you want to stay or go back? Now that's a hard question. There they are in the most luxurious, beautiful place you can imagine. And Jesus said, you want to stay? And you know what? I, I think God knew what she was going to say. She said, she said Jesus, i got to go back. I've got to be a mother to that baby. Right, Ida? Iris, sorry. I'm sorry, Iris. It's, it's amazing, uh, I guess, life. Life itself is amazing. Let me tell you, uh, we had a speaker once, and there was a time for questions. Now, I don't know if you're going to believe this or not. There's a lot of talk going on right now about uh, aliens. Are there other people on other planets? And, boy, almost everybody said, yeah, yeah. Well, this, this guy, in our, it was a men's uh, retreat up in the uh, by Cloudcroft. And somebody raised their hand and asked him, do you think there are people living on other planets? And without even hesitating, this guy said, I do not. Boy, everybody just kind of got huffy. What does that mean? He said, I believe that if for no other reason God created a universe with literally trillions with a T, stars and galaxies and suns and moons and all the other stuff that's out there, and if for no other reason he did it so that when you went outside at night and you were depressed and you went out and you didn't know what to do and you were trying to find God and you looked up and you saw this dazzling display of beautiful lights in the sky and suddenly you were overcome with joy. If that's the only reason that God did it, then that's why he did it. Are you getting a hold of this? You have no idea what God has prepared for you. I, I, I didn't find a lot of people that were excited about going to heaven because a lot of them have gotten the idea that, well, what we're gonna, all we're going to do is sit on a cloud and play harps. We're going to do that all the time. How boring could that be? I mean, don't get me wrong. I like harps, and there, there's a time and a place for a harp, <laughs> but not all the time, I believe. God's got a mission for you when you get there. I don't know what it is. You know, there's other religions. The Mormons, for example, believe that, that our God, Elohim, came from this other planet, and he was being prepared to have his own planet. And so finally, uh, he, he went to Earth and became the God of Earth. And they believe there's other uh, people that, we're trying, are being trained, and they go to another planet and have their planet. Right, Scott? You know what? I know one thing. You're all pretty special as far as God's concerned. In fact, you're very special. Now, I'm sorry, I, I got carried away there. Uh, look at verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call 
his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The word know there is a little tricky word that they used back then that has the, uh, the meaning of having a sexual relationship. That's what she's saying. I've never had a sexual relationship with a man. So how in the world could I possibly be pregnant? And the angels answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And I imagine right there it dawned on Mary. Of all of these tens of thousands of Jewish women, God has stepped forward and he's picked me to be the mother of the Son of the Most High God. What an honor that is. And then the angel said in verse 36, Behold, your cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called there. What was the name of her child? John who? John the Baptist. And he's about six months older. Uh, than Jesus. What a story. And it's all true. All of these, uh, by the way, if you study this out, you'll find out that all of these things have to do with the genealogy and the lineage of the Messiah. It's very important. When God did something, he did it a certain way, and it had to be done that way in order to, to bring it to pass prophetically. They're cousins, they're related, they were supposed to be related. Now, Mary could have just continued to argue, but notice what she says in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. How many of you know it's not a wise thing to argue with God or an angel? She just gave up and said, You know what? what you know, Jesus did that too. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane just before they crucified him, he was praying and his disciples over there were supposed to be you know, holding watch and, and they are asleep. And you know what he's doing? He's out there at the Garden of Gethsemane and he's crying out to the Lord and he says, Lord, I really don't want to die, especially for these people, but, but nevertheless, let it be according to your will and not mine. That was the fully human Jesus. I think that God did that a certain way so that he, God himself, could get a better idea of what we go through as human beings. It's not easy to live on a planet that's been engulfed with sin because of what two people did, Adam and Eve. And I'm not mad at them. I mean, I, I always kind of made a joke, well, I want to see him, I want to punch him. Uh, but they made a bad mistake. But you know, I've got to be honest with you. If you'd been there in Adam's place or Eve's place, you'd have done the same thing. Y'all don't believe me, do you? <laughs> you'd have done the same thing. Eve walks by a tree one day and there's a snake, a snaky snake in the tree. And he entices her. Boy, doesn't that piece of fruit look good? Mmm, yummy, yummy. On my tummy. Now, I always kind of blame Adam, if you know the truth, because he's the head of his home. He walks by there and sees her about to plunge her teeth into that fruit, apple, whatever it was. He, he should have just slapped that 
thing out of her hand onto the ground and led her to some other place. But he didn't. He took a bite too. They were equally as guilty. But at that day, I don't want to get on that. That day brought mankind to the bottom of the barrel. Thank God for that tear in the sky. Thank God for that cross. Thank God that the beating that you that you should have gotten, Jesus took it in your place. Thank God. Thank God. And then Mary sings this beautiful song, verse 46. Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, and he hath regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that have been from, that fear him from generation to generation. Oh God, he hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from, the, from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He hath opened his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own home. Mary was getting, she was getting it. She didn't know, she didn't totally understand everything, but she understood that the things that they all had been suspecting were were about to happen were, were happening right then. Let me ask you something as I close here. What would it take, what, what would have to happen for you to realize that this is all real and the, the coming of our Lord, the second, the, the rapture coming, was about to take place in your lifetime? And my, I'm 72 years old, so James is older than me, though. <laughs> Yeah, but you're in better shape than most of us, too. What would it take to convince you that that's where we are? i got to be honest with you. A lot of Christians just snub this whole story. They don't even read the book of Revelation. They're not, you know. Now, some of them, because they are deathly afraid, some of them think it's just a, a story, like a fairy tale. Everybody look at me. It is real. He is coming. God, he's coming. Now, I don't know when he's coming. Nobody knows that day. There are people. I, I, I get on YouTube, and there's always somebody coming up with another date. Have you ever noticed how they do that? And then when the date comes and goes, they never apologize. <laughs> they never write another book that says, I'm sorry I missed it. I mean, back in 1988, there was a guy named Harold Weisenhunt who wrote a book called, well, he wrote two books. The first one was called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Might Come in 1988. Well, when he read, he did the second uh, printing of the book because the first printing sold out in about a week. He changed the title to 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come in 1988. Now, when the, the I think it was September the 12th, I was in uh, Dallas, staying with, uh, I was there ministering, and I was staying with a close friend of mine, Wes Bush. And phone rang, and it was Liz. She was concerned. She'd read the book. She, uh, she, saw, she met up with Christians that were all excited, and then she met up with some others that were terrified, and, and she, she was home alone. We, did, we hadn't had John Wesley yet. And she didn't know what to think. 
And so there we were, hundreds of miles away from each other, and I just told her, honey, I don't feel that the date is correct. And I'm your husband, and I want you to pray. When I hang up, I want you to pray and ask God, am I right or are they right? We had another, in fact, uh, uh, I, have to go, I have to go back. I believe that happened when she was pregnant with John Wesley. That's another reason she was uh, a little bit concerned. She wasn't a little bit concerned. She was real concerned. And I wasn't there, and I wasn't supposed to be there for another several days. And this was September the 12th, the day that he, this guy prophesied well, it came and went, and we're still here. However, i got to tell you, there is a time he's coming. I don't know when it is, but I know. Jesus said, you won't know the day or, or the hour, but you will know he's coming by because of the season. He, the, when you see a tree begin to sprout uh, blossoms or whatever, leaves, you know, he said, you know that summer's near, and, and you'll know that it's close. In other words, there will be signs taking place all around you. All around you. You know what he said the last sign would be? Listen to this. He said, and the gospel will be preached throughout the world, and then the end shall come. Now you might say, well, that'll never happen. It already has. It couldn't have happened without these great inventions we have, television, the internet. You can get on the internet and you can find out anything you want about anything or anybody. It's better than, than the old, remember the old encyclopedia salesman come by your door and, and he'd try to sell you a big old box of, of encyclopedias, remember that? Well, now you've got the internet and it's a thousand times better than an encyclopedia. You can just type some, you, you want some information on Adolf Hitler, you just go in there to Google and you type in Adolf Hitler and boom, all of this information just comes right up on the screen. But you've got to be careful. Because you can be led astray also, just as easily. Now I want you to close your eyes a minute. Now, I'm closing, but I'll listen. please listen to me. Right now, Nobody's looking. Please don't look. If you're here and the things that I've been talking about, Jesus coming, it's kind of fearful for you. Would you be honest and just lift your hand up real quick? It's, it's fearful for you. Anybody else? Come on. There's more than that. Be honest. Because I want to pray for you. Anybody else? Okay, Father, right now we come against fear. The Lord said, fear is not of, of him. He's the author of love and joy and a sound mind. And Father, for those in the room right now that may be experiencing fear about you coming or, or fear about the things that are supposed to happen according to your word where there will be wars and rumors of wars and disease and all this other stuff. Father, put our hearts at ease. Let us know that you will take care of all of us. Let us know that you are our God. And let us know that in the same way that that tear fell out of the sky over the, the death of the Son of the living God, there's a tear falling out of the sky even right now for everyone who claims to know the Lord as their Savior. If you are afraid right now, God, now listen to me, close your eyes. God is going to strengthen you. If you're afraid, I want everybody in the room to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I know that fear is not of you. It's evil. It's from the enemy. I will not receive it. Rather, I will receive your love, your joy, and your sound mind right now 
in the holy name of Jesus, I declare that I am free. And I also know you have great things planned for all of those who love you. And I'm one of them. So very soon, I will see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you. Just, just keep your eyes closed a minute. I'm going to let you go. Your name's above all names. Your power is above all power. And your glory, your glory fills this place. Your name's above all names. Your power is above all power. And your glory, your glory fills this place. Lord, as we go today, I ask you to bless our church and all churches. The ones who genuinely love you, I ask for your blessing. The ones that are struggling right now, I'm asking that you will meet their need. Lord, help us to be strong and mighty in the power of your spirit because we have work to do. Not everybody in Carlsbad knows who you are. Give us the strength to shout out in a way that can be heard by everyone of your love and especially for that tear in the sky. As we go today, be with us. You will be our God and we will be your children. We, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, you're dismissed and may God richly bless you today. This has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at New Song Carlsbad dot churchcenter.com forward slash giving your gift is tax deductible please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of jesus christ all across the globe may the lord richly bless you